Maloni, Kyoto, Tena Koe, Dr. Will, Kyoto Tato, Go Pane O Mataho de Maunga, Kote Taihala Ihenua Lote Awa, Kote Moana Itevao Hokaho Tokalau, Ya Mola Lotonga, me Autia Roa, Te Moana no hokaho tokelau me pakuranga a hau ko puka toku whānau ko mele mele toku ingoa tēnā koe Dr. Will how are you? Talofa Mao, how you doing? Good, thank you uh, Dr. Will thank you so much for taking the time and making the effort to, to be here Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, kia ora and warm Pacific greetings all. Welcome to the Alma Health. So, uh, just prepared me a little intro here. Uh, you know, I love uh, having the opportunity uh, provided here by Planet FM to discuss, share, explore and encourage ways of ultimately uplifting our people to strive towards being the best versions of themselves, ourselves, having a safe space with the right trained, qualified and experienced people in their chosen field to have that conversation and lean into that unknown discomfort. So today I'm excited to have Dr. William Cunningham, cataract and retinal surgeon. Malo, Dr. Will. Malo, Mel. Um, I think before we get into to these questions, I've been uh, really interested in uh, Dr. Will and ask you, how, how was your weekend? Uh, yeah, I had a very good weekend. Um, nice. Yeah, work-wise, we did a quick trip to Wellington just to present to some optometrists down there around some eye stuff, and uh, the rest of the weekend was spent with the family, yeah. My man, uh, thanks, Doctor Bill. So, uh, down in Wellie was just for the workforce, just for for staff, peers, not for the public. It was just for staff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And uh, one more question, uh, Doctor Will. What's your take on um, the All Blacks losing <laughs> two games to to the Aussies and Argentina? Ah, uh, I think the next one will 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 come back. We'll be right. Thank you. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get straight into it, uh, Dr. Will. Uh, a lot is known about obesity, healthy heart and, and diabetes, diabetes amongst our PI people and, and Māori as well, Dr. Will. Little known about eye care. What, what are the, the concerns and, and how do we prevent uh, eye diseases uh, Will if you can elaborate please uh, yeah I think we've talked about it a, a little bit before um, I suppose you know the most obvious thing at the moment is the you know the diabetes and obesity epidemic and um, we've talked how diabetes can affect your eyes um, with say cataract and the retina at the back of the eye but rather than focus on that today, I thought we could just 
talk a bit more um, broadly around how we can care for our eyes in general. And I thought we could run through the the different age groups as well, um, just to give everyone an idea about what they can do to uh, look after their eyes um, a bit better. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome, Will. Uh, Dr. Will. Okay. Can you, can you share with us, please? So let, let's start with, um, say, newborns. So yes. let's say you, you have your child and um, obviously would you, well, you should have had some screening um, during pregnancy. Baby comes out and part of the, the check as a newborn is to check the baby's eyes. And what you should be having there is somebody shining a light uh, into the into the baby's eyes to check their red reflex, and that's that that funny red red uh, glow you see in photographs, more so yes. in older photos. And what they, what we're looking for there is to check that there's a nice equal um, reflection back uh, in each eye, and that's a sign that there's nothing blocking the vision. Um, if say one one eye. Uh, doesn't reflect the light back as well, then that baby should be referred on to see an eye surgeon uh, for further assessment. So let's say um, you're unsure if your child's had this, you should definitely check with your GP uh, or your, your, um, you know, whoever's, say your plunket nurse, whoever's helping look after your baby. And um, another... Another thing is if, let's say, you take a photograph of your baby and the red reflex doesn't look equal, uh, that's, that's probably another reason to, to just um, take your baby along to the doctor and just double-check that that's a, a normal thing. Okay. Yep. And leading on from that very first eye exam for, for the newborns, Yep. and you've covered that, when is the next stage? Well, the the other thing I should say is that with all of these stages, the key is obviously, you know, living as healthy a lifestyle as possible. But also uh, a lot of these things go undetected unless you're screened. So you've got to be proactive with, with your eye care and screening. Um, in terms of kids, they... they there should be regular screening arranged. So the next screen for kids would be usually the preschool screen. Um, so that's a, a vision check for kids um, prior to starting school. Okay. And what does this test uh, encompass, the screening well, test? It's a very simple test of vision, basically. And, um, again, uh, there are a certain standards that, that should be met and let's say a child doesn't see well from from one or both eyes then again they should be referred on for assessment okay and also let's say um a a newborn wasn't screened you know at at that age can it be picked up at that preschool age it can be yeah but but some things um you know, you want to get on to sooner rather than later. So if you're unsure 
if you you know if you've been screened or not, or if you if you're certain you haven't, then you you should be because uh, there are a few things that could potentially damage the vision quite quickly. If it's not picked up, yeah, quickly. Okay, I see. So the earlier it's picked up, uh, yeah. Generally, with all these things, the, the sooner you pick them up, the better. Yep. Okay. And uh, uh, share with me, will can the GP pick up, uh, conduct these yep. tests? They're very simple tests. So with the with the young ones, you know the the red reflex. Um, all GPs will have a, a handheld torch to check for that. And the same with the vision check for the, you know, preschoolers. Yep. Okay, and, and you were saying before to be, it's important to be proactive. So these tests aren't offered um, as part of the well, child wellbeing? Program? They are, and they should be. But occasionally kids fall through the cracks, um, you know, particularly maybe with some of our Pacific Island babies. Um, they may not have had those checks or if they've been between countries, etc. Absolutely. Okay, thank you, uh, Dr. Wall. What are some healthy tips we can use? We, we can, uh, what am I getting at? Uh, some healthy eye exercises or, you know what I'm saying, for we, us as parents can look out for or provide for our newborns up to the uh, preschool stage. Yep. So, um, again, that, that general stuff, just, you know, healthy diet, yes. um, healthy lifestyle, um, encouraging your kids to go outdoors. There's good evidence to say that um, spending time outdoors is good for your vision. Yes. And um, certainly too much screen time um, can be bad for kids. And um, what... The, the main issue there is it can encourage, encourage nearsightedness or short-sightedness. So that's where you can see very well up close, but not so well in the distance. And, yeah, there's, there's basically a, a, a myopia or a nearsightedness epidemic at the moment. And I think we think that, you know, screens have a big part to play in that. So send your kids outside, yeah. That's it. And do you have a, a recommended time frame uh, the kids can stare at the, their tablets or, or mobile phones, uh, TVs? I think, you know, it depends what they're doing it for. Um, there's obviously some benefit benefits with the, the screens, so say if it's for education, things like that. But uh, I, I don't think there's a specific time limit. But, um, you know, I think anything beyond sort of 30 minutes is is probably a bit too much. <laughs> Send them out, eh? Yeah. If it's not, yeah, if it's not raining. Yeah. Thanks, Dr. Boy. Okay, so leaning on from preschool uh, age, when is the next stage? Well, then, yeah, you uh, during primary school, um, you're going to, uh, there, there should be some more scheduled uh, checks. Again, that's just for your general vision, but... Uh, once the kids get a bit older, um, they may self-report issues and um, it can be a little confusing sometimes figuring out if it's a genuine complaint or, or whether, you know, they're, they're doing it for maybe to get off school or whatever. But, um, but uh, you know, the, the key there is you, the parents will know their kids best and uh, I think trust your gut and if you think something's wrong, get it checked. 
Um, you might, let's say, see your child squinting, say, if they're mm. reading or if they're trying to see something in the distance. Again, trust your gut, and if you think they're struggling, um, take them along and, and have their eyes checked. Yep. Yeah, I want to focus a little bit on that, uh, on that, uh, on that. Well, uh, Doctor Will, could there be another reason why kids, you know, when they're squinting, or could there be another underlying reason why they refuse, they don't want to get their eyes checked? You think? Yep, it um, depends on the age as well. So, uh, I suppose teenagers. Um, not so much these days, but certainly in my days, um, you know, wearing glasses wasn't very cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that might be a reason why. Or, um, you know, there are many reasons why, a, a, you know, a child might not want to report their eye troubles. Um, you know, it all comes down to their previous experience. They might have had a bad experience with a, a doctor in the past or, you know, they're, they're, yeah, there could be many things um putting them off uh, perhaps telling you the truth but again it comes down to the parents and yeah trusting your instincts and also there's an alternative to wearing glasses correct Uh, i'm thinking the yep so once you you're getting into the teenage years um a lot of what we do is managing um more refractive error so you know managing kids in their glasses these days it's mostly for for nearsightedness and yeah there is a treatment available um, that can help slow the progression of that disease so let's say you you become nearsighted quite early on say you know under 10 um, traditionally that would continue to get worse throughout your teenage years and even into your 20s to the point where you're legally blind with the condition, so you're you're so nearsighted that um, you know without your glasses on you would you would pass as legally blind. <clears throat> so there are some treatments now to slow that that disease process. Um, yeah, one option is a uh, dilute um, eye drop, which is very easy to use in kids, and that's there's some good evidence there to slow to show that helps. And the other other one that you were referring to is um, orthokeratology, which are basically some contact lenses that you sleep in. They um, they can they slight, subtly change the shape at the front of the, at the front of your eye, so that when you wake up and take the contact lenses out, you're not so short sighted, and they can help slow that that myopia progression process down. Yep. Okay, so with that myopia progression, yeah, can if okay people that have that condition are they not able to fulfil uh, have the best possible sight? Is it with not because of that disease? Yes. Yeah, so the uh, myopia is, is near sightedness, and um, yeah. As I was saying, it, it can, well, it would usually progress in, in your teens and to the point where you become really short-sighted. Um, it is correctable, say, with glasses and uh, or with contact lenses, but it's good to try and minimise that progression so that you're not 
say when you're an adult you're not always needing to use your glasses yeah that's right thank you dr will okay leading on from teenage into the uh yep so as an as an adult um particularly as a young adult it's kind of up to the individual um certainly if you're having issues with your eyes get them checked but in terms of screening uh there's there's you're probably a bit young there to to justify any regular screening, okay. um, say with an optometrist. So at that age, it's more just um, you know as required eye care. Okay. Yeah, but uh, you know, let's say you're a diabetic or you have any other medical issues that could um, affect affect your eyes, then. Yeah, you you should be having regular eye checks. But as a healthy, say yes. nineteen, twenty year old, um, no, I don't. I don't think there's any point in screening, really. Yeah. Okay. So, what are some uh, tips? You mentioned the um, you know the healthy lifestyles, healthy eating. Anything else we can do in particular to to look after our eyesight in general? Um. Yeah, they've they've done big studies looking at um, you know what what can affect your eyes. Um, I think it's just common sense, really. So you know, anything that's going to be good for your body is going to be good for your eyes. Um, you know, uh, if something's hurting your eyes, don't do it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll give you a, a real example that 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 happened to me, and I know I mentioned it to you uh, a few years ago. And I wasn't even aware that you were a, man, a an eye surgeon. I was cutting grass. I was cutting grass, and then yeah. something went into my eye, mm. and it was the most painful experience I've had. <laughs> you know, and the first thing I did, I rubbed the, the shit, the crap out of it. Eh? Yeah. That was my first instincts. Yeah, it didn't get better. And that night, I was so desperate, like man, it was so painful. Yeah. I went into the water and I was like diving in the water in the sea, in the ocean. Yeah. Cuz I was desperate yeah. to to get rid of that pain. I, mm. That's what I thought was best. Yep. And then when I came to, you know, I I got the proper treatment and uh, I did I was supposed to do the opposite. Uh, what should I have done then, uh, Dr. Will? Uh it's hard to say, eh? like um you got to trust your instincts and let's say something goes in your eye and it doesn't feel that bad then it's probably something that's going to pass, but if something goes in and the the problem persists, say beyond a you know a day or so, that that's that's more when you should get it checked. Or if it's a really bad injury, so if, you know, say a big bit of metals hit your eye, or you're worried that there's something uh, more major has happened, then then yeah, sure, get it checked. But you know, stuff goes in people's eyes all the time. I think you you probably did the right thing uh, trying to ride it out but yeah if after a day it's still bothering you you should, should get it checked but you were you were, in, you were overseas at that yes yeah. I was overseas yeah okay um, okay I've got a question here for you while we're talking about overseas well and I uh, apologise if I'm all over the place with my questions are there Ophthalmology services in the islands that meet the needs required. Yep, 
Yeah, there are, um, yeah, as far as I'm aware, there are uh, eye services across the across all of the Pacific. Um, some are permanent, some are just, you know, provided through a visiting service. So um, let's say with the Cook Islands, I'm not aware of any permanent eye, uh, you know, ophthalmologist there but um there is uh there well not during covid but usually there are are regular teams visiting there um in samoa there is a a local ophthalmologist um, lucilla uh, and a local optometrist who um can care for for most things and uh, i think there's a, a regular ophthalmologist in tonga as well and uh, Fiji as well. There's plenty of eye surgeons there. Yep. And can they sustain ophthalmic services during the uh, the COVID? Uh, well, even you know pre-COVID, what they mm. you know they just they do the best job they can with what they've got. But um, certainly, we're we've got the advantage here with all the latest tech and equipment and support. So. Yeah, we're we're quite lucky in New Zealand that you know we can offer first class eye treatment. Um, the the Pacific is more just um, you know your your general care type stuff, but anything advanced um, would usually come to New Zealand or Australia for care. Yep, that's right. Thanks, uh, Doctor Will. I think we'll try and continue on from um, our previous discussion. Uh, from the teenage, young adult stage in terms of general eye care. Mm. Yep. When, when would you, when is the next, say, say let's say, uh, you know, no, no eye diseases, eye diseases, so, sorry, and um, yep. generally speaking, the next stage. Yeah, so if you're, you're healthy and, you know, there's no, no eye trouble, then you, it's probably not until you hit your 40s, uh, that's when most people start needing, uh, particularly if you've got good distance vision, say in your 40s, maybe 50s, people will start needing some assistance for their reading. And that's yeah, if you start to notice that you say, you know, you're, you're struggling with your near vision or holding your phone out further mm. than what you what you would have in the past, then that's a sign that you're becoming presbyopic which is um just we you know as as we all get older we struggle more to see up close and that's probably the time you should see an optometrist and they will do a, a general eye check and um help you or guide you in terms of what glasses you can use to help with your near vision okay so it's natural then in, in your 40, uh, 40s 50s to be struggling with your near vision yeah Okay, and uh, so can you can you walk me through the process there? Like right now, I'm thinking my of real examples. Like my father, he he's a <laughs> he's a, he's an educated man, but I remember in his late forties or early fifties, he you knows starting to talk about um he can't read the paper mm. unless he ha- ha- has um, some glasses, and I think he went straight to like a two dollar shop. Yeah, to buy some glasses so you could see better. Yeah, can you walk me through the process, the proper process of um, 
going well, about getting the right, correct eye care. Yep. Um, the, I suppose it depends. Um, the downside to seeing an optometrist is it costs money. And certainly if um, you don't have the funds to, to see an optometrist then and you're struggling to see up close, then that's probably a, a, a decent option is to go and try the different you know, magnifiers on and see what works for you. I suppose the, the fear there is that, um, let's say, there's there's something else going on that you, you know, that could potentially harm your vision and you didn't know about it, then... That's right. Yeah, that's that screening opportunity must. Um, so, yeah, and if you'd want a more, you know, refined prescription or the best possible vision with your glasses, then certainly seeing an optometrist is, is a better option. But... Yeah, for many they don't have the the luxury of you know being able to pay to see an optometrist. Are you aware if there's any other options there to make it more affordable? Yeah, there are there are lots of uh, funding um, things available that can help help get you to see an optometrist. Um, yeah, I think you know you can go through wins uh, right. or. Um, you know, if you're part of the AA, then you can get free, you know, eye screening and right. uh, things like that. There are there are tons of optometry programs around. Yeah, to make it more affordable, eh? And or more accessible. Yeah, more accessible. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Doctor Wall. And um, I suppose when when we we all get older, you know. How can we, like I'm talking about the, the later stages now, you know, maybe the last, you know, when we retire. What are some tips from your perspective to, to manage the eyesight? Yep, so to, I'd recommend a, a check every couple of years with an optometrist um, just to screen for those things that are more common as we get older, so cataract, and um, another common, a few common ones are glaucoma and macular degeneration. And uh, some of those things, particularly say, take glaucoma for example, um, it's called the silent thief of vision. So that's something that can take your vision without you really knowing about it until it's too late. So you'd want to, yeah, I'd strongly recommend eye screening and again then just living a, a healthy lifestyle, yeah. What is that condition called again? Glaucoma. The thief of... The silent thief of vision, yeah. Man. Yeah. So, yeah, these are these things are uh, more common as we get older. Yeah, good to get it checked. Absolutely. And and uh, do you come across a patient who, who are just freaking out that, you know, they're probably in their 30s, 40s, Freaking out that they can't see something properly and they're not aware of what's going on. Have you come across that a lot? All, all the time, yeah. And uh, a lot of the time, it's just a, a simple thing like you know their their focus is off or yeah, it, yeah. It, it's rare for 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 bad things to happen to healthy young adults. Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. Awesome, Dr. Well. Okay, Dr. Well, I've got a question for you. Some diabetics, for whatever reason, and I, I don't say that lightly, 
because I understand and am in a position to fully grasp most of the whys and learn from a clinical and non-clinical perspective. But for some reason, some diabetics type 1 and 2 and chronic and at the chronic stage need, need support to manage their diet, exercises and medical requirements. Any advice on how they can help themselves better and how family can also? It's a tricky one, eh? Because, um, yeah, I'm not a diabetic and it's very easy for me to sort of sit on this side and say, oh, you should be doing this, this and this. Um, whereas the reality of it is, um, I think for a lot of people, um, they perhaps might put other things first, for example, their family. And um, it's trying to get that balance right, you know, caring enough for yourself that you can help your family but also trying to put your family first it's it's a weird mix and I, I don't actually have the answer there yeah I don't know, it's a tricky one Thank you Dr Will Ok and also does it worry you how much exposure New Zealand health officials put on coronavirus yet more of our people PI and Māori are severely affected and dying with the lack of ex- lack of exposure, meaningful engagement and education on preventable diseases like diabetes. Yeah, it does uh, concern me a bit that we've spent a lot of money on coronavirus when you know there are plenty of other things affecting our people. And uh, again, uh, you know. It, it, comes back to those simple things like education, access. Um, yeah, I definitely think our, you know, sure, if corona takes off and, you know, starts to really affect us, then that's a different story. But I think, yeah, we we, we shouldn't forget about these, these other things that are uh, probably more relevant, in my opinion, yeah. Thank you, Dr. Will. And what you mentioned the, uh, sorry, I can't remember if we were on or off here. Um, on the weekend, you were down in Welly, um, uh, working uh, workshop amongst your your peers. What are you, what have you guys got in, in, in the pipeline, or what are you guys working towards to, um, I guess, uh, eliminate health equity, inequity. Uh, yeah, so as a as an eye college, um, we are currently working on uh, firstly a multi action plan, which uh, aims to address health or improve equity for for multi here in New Zealand, and uh, that will also provide a blueprint for a Pacifica um, eye care plan, um, which which has a, a similar aim to improve improve eye care for um, our Pacific people and um, yeah we're currently in the development sort of stages with with that first plan Um, yeah we're looking to have that ready to go by 2021 and yeah I think there'll be some some positive steps forward there 
particularly around you know trying to improve access and also trying to encourage our people to you know get involved um, say with with medicine and and eye care because we can you know I'm one of just a handful of Maori and Pacifica uh, you know um, in in the eye care field and we can definitely do with with more. So how are you, or what do you think needs to be done to to get more PI and Māoris alongside you, Dr. Will? Uh, well, speaking from personal experience, it's, it's all about having those uh, mentors, you know, and people you can relate to and look up to, you know, when, when you're young or even when you're at university, um, if you if you see someone similar to yourself doing something and enjoying it, then I think you're more likely to want to do that. And perhaps, say, with eye surgery, uh, it's uh, traditionally been a very sort of colonial type um, type setup uh, without many Māori and Pacifica, and pro- maybe that's the reason why not many have, have come into this field. But um, the same goes for any any job anywhere I think just those those mentors yeah absolutely so you're one of the few that have gone against the grain in terms of the um, colonial setup uh, yeah maybe but the reason I got into ophthalmology uh, or eye surgery was um, um, there's a I have a colleague who's about 15 years older than me but when I was at med school he took me under his wing and he um, he's got a Māori background and you know he like me he used to play rugby and stuff like that and that that's how I got into it and um, yeah there, there are probably other ways people are inspired to do things but that's that's what worked for me Thank you Dr Will Hey I want to ask you uh, I really want to ask you for your perspective on this question because it, it means a lot to me Maybe it links in with what we're doing, but also because us here at Dama work uh, work alongside the Mental Health Foundation and Like Minds. What do you do, Doctor World, to um, you know the the stress levels, or or even maybe personal? You've had some, you know, come across some tough times. How do you iron yourself up or, or strong, you know, strengthen yourself to prepare with those mental uh, difficulties? Uh, yep. Personally, um, uh, for me, I know what what works. So for me, exercise is always a good cure for anything. Um, you know, it's it's easy to say go and drink away your your worries but um you know that's uh that's a slippery slope whereas you know exercise is a good positive way to rid yourself of stress or or worry or anxiety and there's nothing like those those good and healthy endorphins to you know help you see things in a in a more positive light um and then um what else do i do I think it's important to switch off. So, yeah, you got to, you know, 
do whatever you do, work hard to make a living. But um, when you get home, I think it's important to try and switch off whatever you've been doing in the day and, you know, spend time with your family. And again, that helps you gain perspective on what's actually important. It's not it's not the work or the money, it's your family. Um, yeah, those are uh, two things that, that work for me, yeah. Thank you, Dr. Wool. Really appreciate the advice. Yes, yeah, so uh, yeah, us here at Diamond, we've linked up with uh, Like Minds, you know, uh, finding ways to provide social inclusion for those that, you know, that going through tough times and bounced back. So yeah, just plugging in there, Like Minds. <laughs> Dr. Will, um, with your work, is there anything that, that you're excited about in, in terms of um, your profession that you could that that will be that you guys will be rolling out or? or? Yeah, I, I um, there are plenty of things um, from a sort of cultural or Maori and Pacifica standpoint. I, I definitely think um, our people are underrepresented in the. In, in terms of, you know, the patient population we're seeing. And um, to firstly confirm that, we're planning a big survey to look at the proportion of, of patients that we should be seeing that are, say, Māori or Pacifica. Uh, from there, I think that might open some some pathways in terms of funding and research into why uh, we're not not seeing as many people as we should you know is it is it an access thing is it an education thing is it a is it a funding or um you know money thing um yeah i'm quite excited about that awesome thanks but uh dr will so definitely yeah there was another question i had um what do we know about the maori and pr workforce in both optometry and ophthalmology yeah with the so with the workforce, I think, say, in in New Zealand, um, in terms of eye surgeons, there's around 150 eye surgeons uh, approximately, and I think at the moment we have uh, six who identify as Māori or Pacifica. I think the optometry workforce is very similar. I think they maybe only have one or two a year out of quite a big group that... Um, that are um, um, Māori or Pacific. So, yeah, we could definitely um, um, do with more. And, um, you know, with with medical school, there are... Uh, scholarships? Well, there's scholarships and there's a, a quota or, you know, an, a mission scheme for both Otago and Auckland University, which um, basically makes it... Um, more accessible for Māori and Pacific people to do medicine. Will yeah. that be fair though on on those that don't identify as Māori or Pacific? They miss out on their quota. I mean, I'm not familiar with the criteria. Yeah, look, it's, it's not a perfect system, and there are definite arguments for and against. But I think at the moment, you know, in, in terms of the medical workforce as a whole. 
compared to say the the population. So around a quarter of our population is Maori and Pacifica. If you put Absolute the two together, lot. absolutely. Whereas if you look at you know the the doctors or the medical workforce, we're nowhere near a quarter. And until we reach that sort of level, I think there's got to be these schemes that encourage you know people into the field. And they they might not be perfect. They might not be. Some might not view them as fair, but um, we've got to got to do something. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Doctor Will. Um, what are your? We're heading towards the end now. What are your hopes, uh, Doctor Will? What are your goals for for the new year? For from a professional perspective. I. Uh, for the new year, yeah, I'm, I'm really keen to get these plans um, set in place to, um, firstly, the this Māori action plan to improve uh, eye, eye care equity. Um, that's that's big on, well, that's at the top of my list uh, professionally. Uh, and then hopefully next year, yeah, the borders will open up and I can start visiting the Pacific again because I really enjoy those trips. Um it's also a good excuse to escape winter here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Doctor Will. Okay, you know, um, oh, it's been a good, good show today. Yeah, you know, um, from a more general, <laughs> overall, you know, perspective. Yeah, that's no, awesome. Hey, uh, any more? We're, we're finishing up. Is there anything else you'd like to cover? Or bring up? Ah, uh, no. I, I, it's it's hard for me to know what you know people want to hear. I suppose if if uh, any of our listeners, you know, want to come back with some questions, we'd always or topics. I'd be very happy to to talk about that. Yeah. Thank you, Doctor. Well, definitely. Um, you're absolutely right. I'll I'll try and, and get some. Some of my people, aunties, uncles, or, or patients. Yeah. Um, hey, I appreciate your time. Thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been good.
much pressure fell on me. 